Greetings, programs, and welcome back to the Awesome Friday Podcast, the only podcast on the whole internet where you can hear two middle-aged bearded white guys talk about two <laughs> movies in great detail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this week we're talking about uh, two new-ish movies. We're going to talk about ISS and then France's uh, Academy Award forwarded film because they didn't get nomina- uh, the nomination, but the taste of things. Uh, my name is Matthew, and I'm your host, and this is a far more detailed intro than I usually do, and that is a bad segue into introducing Simon, my co-host. How are you, Simon? Hello, my name's Simon, and I'm the co-host today. Thank you for joining yeah. us on this Excellent. awesome Friday. We script um, this yeah, very carefully. We script this very, very carefully. Very, right. Well, everything you hear is is uh, scripted, every single word. I'm yeah. fine. I'm doing okay. Right. Work is finished. As I've said in our bonus round, we've got three days off, and... Um, I am trying not to buy any more games so I can play through the games I have bought. That's a very mm-hmm. boring answer, I understand. What are you yeah, playing indeed. at the moment? This episode will be coming out on uh, Sunday, the 18th of February, which means for most of our Canadian listeners, that means either Happy Family Day, or in some cases Heritage Day or Islanders Day. And in the States, Happy Residence Day. Uh, and we're talking about a movie that's as far away from the states as you can get in both cases um i recently acquired a playstation 5 and i have been playing through spider-man 2 finally i say finally it's been out for like three months like that's how long probably a little longer than that but came out for christmas it's only february and i finally have one and uh turns out that insomniac makes amazing games uh spider-man 1 was probably my all-time favorite ps4 game and Spider-Man 2, despite being the first game I've played on PS5, may well end up being my favorite game on that platform, too. Does it, it feel is, uh, different, or does it feel more of the same, but in a good in a good way? No, it's a wonderful iteration on everything that made the first one good. It's, oh, right. it's even down to the fact that, like, the, the first game takes place in Manhattan, and the second game takes place in Manhattan and Queens. Um, and the Manhattan part of the map is the same. They've clearly just taken the same map and just expanded it for the second game. So there's like landmarks I recognize from the first game in the second game. Uh, including in like the the, the Oscorp Tower, which is where the finale of the first game happens, is, is the same as it was at the end of the, of the first game. It's all very well laid out. Um, and the, the sort of character through lines for Peter and also Miles Morales are... Are great. Like it's uh, it's clearly a continuing story for both of them, um, being the third, technically the third game in the series. Uh, and uh, I think the thing that really makes it for me would be sort of two things. One, it's not just a fun game; it's a really good Spider-Man story, and they're not afraid to like take the characters you love and remix them a little bit, um, and like write just do their own thing. Uh, but also, it never loses sight of the fact that Spider-Man is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So there's a, there's missions where you're fighting big bad guys with city-ending stakes. And there's also missions where you sit with an old man and he tells you a story about how he proposed to his wife while, while his granddaughter finds you. Um, and there's another one where you like go and investigate the animals that are scratching at an old lady's back porch and... Like there's all kinds of like little, just totally low stakes, wonderful moments. There's one that legitimately made me cry that I don't want to spoil if you're actually going to play it. But there's a there's a mission in this game that made me cry. Um, 
It's uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that they've they've managed to elicit that. Um, I mean, it has some of the some of the open world problems that all open world games have, and that like there is a lot of like repetitive go here do that type stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's only one in this game that I there's only every sort of district of the city has a series of like missions that are all the same type. So, and there's only one of those types that I turned out so far to have absolutely detested, which is honestly pretty good for an open world game for me. I often hate those kinds of missions. So mm-hmm. it's a good game. Turns out it's a good game. And uh, what I found really interesting is that the PS five is like, obviously it's 4k video output. Um, but the thing that really uh, surprised me was just that it's, everything is smoother. Not that it's better looking. I mean, it is, but it's more that just like all of the animation, all of the yeah. uh, transitions from one scripted thing to another. Uh, in in game, it all feels a lot more fluid, and that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I could I could talk about this game for an hour, so we should probably stop. <laughs> and I'm not even done it yet. I I'm I think I'm like fifty percent of the way through. I have done like almost all the side stuff already, so now I'm just working on the actual story, and uh, uh, it's great. That's I can't I can't speak highly enough about it. The, the Spider Man games for PlayStation are fantastic. And uh, yeah, that's my official. Yeah, I should, I should get back into it. I, I've played the first mission. That was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, the first one isn't like is good. Um, there's much better ones that follow. Yeah. Uh, and the the storyline stuff is great. I really like, like watching my son. Great. I like watching my son play it because he's younger and he can remember all the different moves and combinations. And uh, watching him play is like watching a movie. It's incredible, yeah. and I, I'm quite a fragmented player as I try to remember and mash buttons and things. And I, as you know, I don't, I've never really got on with the, the fight system in those games. Um, but he, he is just like fluid. He never even touches the ground between all these different things, and it's incredible to watch. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who are in the know, like if you, and it's it's amazing to me because I know you like the Arkham games, but the combat in the Spider-Man games is like a faster, more fluid version of the combat from the Arkham games. And I think in the best way possible. It's a lot. It's a, the combat in the Arkham games is very like brutal and punchy. And like, you're clearly trying to like break people's bones and such, but this one is much more like bouncing off things to hit people and like toss webs. And it's a lot more fluid and free form in a way that I think is much, much better, much more engaging. Much less and much less repetitive. Mm-hmm. So, Excellent. yeah, do, yeah do with that what you will. Yeah, I have it right here. I've had it next to me since launch, and I just can't find the uh, motivation to, to play anything like that at the moment. But I look forward to it. We I should uh, make the time with all the time you have. As discussed on our bonus round, you have all the time in the world. All the so time in the world. The the only game that I am into at the moment, maybe this is very telling, is where you drive uh, Soviet era trucks through very deep mud, and you basically have to drive a logging truck from one part of a logging town to another and get stuck in mud. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole like subgenre of Twitch streamers who do that kind of game. You should just do that. <laughs> just watch them instead. No, I'm saying like you know buy all oh, the stuff and and like Twitch stream yourself driving a truck from <laughs> Camp A to Camp B. Uh, 
I'm not the most elegant of trucker, but I'm getting it. I would like to learn the difference between four-wheel drive and differential lock. Well, I'm going to Google that one day. I'm sure you can tell me off air. Uh, so four-wheel drive means that all, all your wheels are driving, and a differential means that your wheels can spin independently of one another. It's two different things. Uh, yes. yes. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely. They are two different buttons, and I'm sort of wrapping my head about when to use them. But uh, it's good. So very fun. Yeah. So what should, what should we start with this week? What are we talking about? Um, well, we should start by saying that, like, you can hear a lot more about this by listening to our bonus round. Um, so anyone who's a Patreon patron can pay a... Uh, as little as $2 a month and hear us ramble on about all kinds of things. And this week we talked about uh, gaps in our film canon uh, and also films that haven't stole, stood up to the test of time. And I thought that was a really interesting conversation. So if you are a patron, go listen to that. And if you are not, consider going to listen to that for as little as $2 Canadian a month. And if you do, we'll love you forever. Um, but yeah, here on the main show... We're going to talk about two movies, and we're going to start with uh, one of the first 2024 releases that I have seen, um, and I think you've probably seen too. And um, why don't you... Uh, this is so tough, because I know I liked both of these movies we're going to talk about more than you. Um, but I want to talk about the other one, so okay, why, don't you take, why don't you take us through the basics of ISS? Um, ISS, the International Space Station, is a space-bound thriller starring the luminescent Ariana DeBose, I think that's how you say her name, and mm -hmm. um, she's, she's a scientist, a military scientist who goes into space to research organ transplants. And uh, as is, as they are in real life, at any given time, there's a number of American and Russian um, scientists, uh, working together on the ISS, sharing the space, sharing their lives up there. And um, we see this when she first arrives there, that they, they sort of welcome her in and they're all buddies and um, they uh, share jokes and share food and, and share cultures and uh, it's all very lovely. And it, it, interestingly, if you have claustrophobia, you're going to have, at this point of the movie, a rather um, interesting time as I... <laughs> It's just the idea of being stuck in a can above the earth is is kind of terrifying. Um, and uh, it's in the trailers, so this isn't a spoiler, but uh, at one point they're looking out the window and they see that the uh, there's a devastating nuclear attack on the earth, like entire continents in flames through multiple nuclear explosions. And um, the thrust of the movie is that both the Americans and the Soviets receive coded secret messages from their respective governments on their emergency backup um, communicators. And then uh, that leads to the sowing of distrust of ulterior motives of basically uh, one side trying to secure it uh, over the other. And that's what turns it into a... Uh, stuck location thriller and then that's the rest of the movie I don't really know, there's not much more I can say without spoiling anything, everything I've just described the trailer to you, so there's no spoilers there whatsoever um, and if I love bottle movies 
I absolutely love them. It's one of my favourite genres. It like puts someone in a situation that they can't escape from and watch the, the heat slowly get turned up, the, the frog in a pot. And uh, unfortunately, this one left me a bit cold because they got the bottle. They didn't get the um, they didn't get the, the dialing up of the pressure right for me. And uh, I think the script could have gone through a couple of passes to try and um, set the temperature gauge slightly lower earlier and then dial it up uh, to make it far more interesting. Um, relationship between these people who were uh, very clearly shown to be friends and i would have enjoyed a souring of that relationship a bit longer than what they actually gave us it was uh it was a bit heavy-handed in the end i didn't really enjoy it hmm. you're making something on your desk rattle um there's a uh, uh no it's definitely your microphone stand it just stopped um I don't disagree with anything you have said, but I thought it was fine. I thought that it was totally, totally cromulent. Uh, we had the, we made, we had the gamble. I've talked about this before, but we could rent it for 15 or buy it for 20. And we bought it for 20 on iTunes. And I'm hundred percent sure this is the kind of thing that will get rewatched like over and over and over again, just cause it's easy. Like it doesn't require any thought. Um, it's a, Perfect, like double, uh, in, in baseball terms. You know, it's uh, nowhere near a home run, but it's. Uh, I means uh, it got the second base. It's fine. It's totally okay. fine. You know, like it's. Uh, you're not wrong. Like the the characterization is a little thin, and the character, the character arc, of any particular character is roughly a straight line. Um, but I like everyone who's in it, and. Um, they got the temperature, like, you're right, it's lukewarm, it's not boiling, but that's fine, it's fine, it's totally fine. It's hard for me to talk about, because I don't actually have strong feelings about it, other than to say that, like, it's fine, it's the kind of BS that I'll totally put on, like, while I'm working, all the time. You know, it doesn't, uh, it's not, I'm not asking it to be anything more than it is in this particular case, because it's, uh, it's a perfect example of, I'm sure someone's going to love this film. It's not me. I think it's fine. But I bet someone will. Like, definitely watch it for yourself. Someone's going to love this film. Yeah. And, and someone's going to love it and then be like, I wonder what else is like this and discover a whole world of this kind of movie that uh, are better. Um, I like bigger picture stuff. I like that. I think yeah. you should watch this movie and then watch 2010, the year we make contact, because uh, that's the sequel to 2000, 2001. And in 2010, there's a sequence where. Roy Schneider's American team and Helen Mirren, who is the Russian leader of her team, uh, very similar things happen and very similar orders come through and a much more interesting interpretation of that story happens in a way that makes sense to their relationship up to that point because in ISS, there is an absolute instant change from, hey, we're buddies to now we're actively trying to kill each other. And um, there's, a, there's a number of things they could have done during this movie to allow the suspicion and allow the tension to build in far more interesting ways than go straight from, well, now we're enemies. And the rest of the movie is going to be uh, us exploring how we can kill or not be killed. Uh, I, I have to say that 
I, I didn't mind anyone in it. I think everyone did uh, pretty well in it in terms of what they were given. Uh, I especially liked an actress I've not seen before called Masha Mashkova, who you tell me is in uh, For All Mankind as well. I, uh, she's, she's fine when she's speaking English, but there's one scene where she's confronting her two Russian crewmates where she learns something where she's speaking Russian. And I just, I couldn't take my eyes off her. And there's something about, uh, especially I want to seek out other movies where she's speaking Russian uh, because I, I feel like um, well, that'll be easy because she's. That I would like to check out. She's in a. She's Russian American, but a, almost her entire career is in Russia, so yeah. that should shouldn't be too hard. So she was great. Um, she except was great. except for for all mankind, where she plays a Russian cosmonaut on Mars, um, and she's also quite good. Yeah, Ariana DeBose is fine. I don't think she was given uh, the best material to kind of react to. But she's fine. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think anyone was given the best material. It's interesting because the film that sprung to mind, and I'm just going to preface what I'm about to say by saying I think the film I'm about to say is better um, by a fairly wide margin. But you you went straight to 2010, and my mind went to underwater uh, yeah, in terms of like, yeah. and the reason for that is that it's very similar because first off, John Gallagher Jr. is in both of those movies, and I think he's maybe the best part of this one. Uh, I think he's the only one with like a reasonable arc, and he and unlike everyone else in the movie, he seems to have a much deeper understanding of the level of film he's in. If that makes sense, like he very much knows the part he's playing in the film he's playing it in. Mm-hmm. But Underwater is also a very similar film because that's a film about several people trapped underwater with uh, T.J. Miller, which is very much like being trapped in a space station with Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just don't want that hang in the air for a moment. So just... <laughs> oh my god, there'll be extra reasons to hide away in, in parts of the space station. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, that I think that's a better movie, and it is it's a lot more science fictiony in that there's a giant, you know, there's monsters everywhere. But uh, it's a good call, definitely. But yeah, I mean, that it's um, it it's just it's got it's got people I like. This movie has people I like in it, and it's in a situation that I like, and I don't need it to be in this particular case. It'd be nice if it, if it was more than it is, but it doesn't need to be, so it's fine. Um, I was actually thinking a little bit about life, <laughs> not in general. The movie with Ryan Reynolds and Rebecca Ferguson and Jake, my Jakey, yeah, Jakey G, and uh, which I really like that movie. And it, it in in my head canon, it's a prequel to Venom because it would work totally as a as a Venom setup. But mm. um, the. Uh, the way they used, because they're in a, are they actually in the ISS or is it? It's a similar station. It no, I think it's just like an, an updated version of the ISS. Like it might as right. well be. It doesn't it doesn't the matter. Way, it's it's a space they station. They use they use the modules of that as part of their storytelling, and I was expecting this film to do that as well, and it it didn't really, not really, not meaningfully. So I think yeah, that's a just a long list of missed opportunities in this film to do something interesting with the premise. It's an interesting comparison too, because I feel like we have the opposite reactions to those two movies and that I think this one's fine. And I found life to be very disappointing. Uh, There's things in life. (laughs) I mean, and the film and the film too. It does. does, Yeah. Um, There's things in that movie. I like, like, you know, Gyllenhaal is always good. Ferguson's always good. Uh, I really enjoy movies where Ryan Reynolds isn't just doing his shtick, and that is a good example yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. 
Um, but I found the like that one has a monster in it, and I found I found that one really really compelling right up to a certain point where the monster basically like grows a face and then it just goes out the window for me. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a really terrible like obvious bait and switch at the end that I hated. Oh, I like too. that. I like. That. I just thought it was so ham handed. I thought it was so like <laughs> it. There was at no point that I ever think maybe it was going to go one way and then it went the other. I just knew from the start which way it was going to go, and I think that yeah. that is a thing that can be managed <laughs> better. But yeah, I mean, does. yeah, this movie's totally. But, this all comes back to the fact that I just think that I think that ISS is fine. I think that it is exactly what I was sold, as opposed to something like Life, which I was sold something better and didn't get it. If that, but life has JKG doing a dramatic reading of Goodnight Moon, and that has that going for it. No other film can boast that. Uh, I mean, I could, there's much better JKG films I could watch where he's doing much more interesting things, though. You've never seen Okja, so you should watch Okja, and then we'll talk about favorite JKG performances. He's not, is he in? He's in that, is he? Yeah, he plays like the MC of this show. He's brilliantly deranged in it. Isn't that a sad movie? Um, I mean, sort of. It's a Bong Joon-ho movie, so it's not totally happy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, but you know, it's just, just it's just like a boy. It's a boy and his dog type movie, except that it's a girl and it's uh, a giant pig, giant hippo pig. So yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like you're I, heading towards two stars with ISS. Is that an accurate assessment? Um, sorry, what was your assessment? I said it sounds like you are headed towards two stars with ISS. Yeah, it's yeah. a two star movie. It's fine. I I wish it had done all the things that I wanted it to do. It, it was so close to being better in so many different ways. Yeah. What about you? S three. I think it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, it's to be fair, you know, it's barely a three, but it's three. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it again. And that's not even just like Stockholm syndrome from having purchased it on iTunes. It's just that, like I will, <laughs> I will legitimately watch it again. Um, it'll be interesting to see how frequently that turns out to happen, and how my reaction to it will change over time. Because may I might, I might grow to love it more. I might grow to hate it more. Both of those things have happened for sure. Um, but uh, for now, it's fine. I think it's totally fine. I think you could do a lot worse on like a Wednesday night while you're eating dinner. You know, and I think that there's there's definitely a place in the world for that level of movie, and this is in that level. Fair enough. You know, and to extend the metaphor, like if this is a perfect Wednesday night, then for me, life was a movie that I was sold as a great Friday night, but turned out to be a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Whatever that means, whatever you take from that, just let let me know because I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I. I... Uh, right. It's interesting. I, I would the way you're describing how you would watch ISS is how I'd watch Life. So I think that we're with the mirror image opinions on those two movies. Mm. Wait, does one of us have a goatee? Oh no, we both have beards. That that analogy doesn't work. Um, so you're definitely the evil one. I was speaking with uh, friends the other day in our critics circle that I helped co-found. Uh, I was speaking with uh, my co-founders. Uh, Dakota and Thomas and it came out that Thomas and I look very much alike which is hilarious if you know what Thomas looks like you know what I look like um and Dakota pointed out that we're like you know 
DeVito and Schwarzenegger from Twins, and I was I very I was like, you know what? I'm the DeVito in that situation, and I'm totally fine <laughs> with it. <laughs> I mean, you're two very handsome men. There's no denying that. I mean, no, no. One of us is very handsome. The other one is okay. And, <laughs> okay. Hey, Thomas is better than okay. Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is because he's the handsome one. But this is this podcast is going to get out of hand if we keep going down this road. So you should go check out Thomas. It's ridiculous. I don't use social media anymore. I'm not saying I stopped because of Thomas, but it's one of the things on the list because I want to feel good about myself. And literally, I don't think he takes a bad photo. So uh, I know. God bless him. Born with yep. gifts. Yeah. He also you should check out his YouTube show. He has a YouTube movie review show called Real Buzzed, where he. Yeah, that's good. Where he reviews films and pairs them with good whiskey. And uh, if you're into those kind of things, uh, you should watch his show. And even if you're not, you should watch his show. Uh, I'll link those things in the show notes. Yes, definitely. Anyway, let's okay, move let's on. Let's talk about the second movie. You talk about, tell us about The Taste of Things. Because oh, okay, so, so The Taste of Things, um, where to start? So The Taste of Things is France's official entry. Uh, for the Oscar for Best International Feature this year. Um, They chose it over Anatomy of a Fall. And I can see why they did that, but I still think it's crazy. And the basic setup of this movie, though, is maybe the most French movie you've ever seen. Uh, It's set in the 1880s. It uh, concerns a, a chef, a cook, played by Juliette Binoche, and she works uh, on a manor for a gourmand uh, whose name is uh, Dodin, and he's played by Benoit Megamel, Megamel, Megamel? anyway, uh, who is her real-life ex-partner. They have a child together. Um, and she is an amazing cook, and he loves, to, he's, he's a guy who eats, like people invite him to like eat their food. Because um, that's a thing you can do when you're wealthy in France in 1885. You can just be a guy that yeah. eats food. Um, without spoiling it too much, basically, so Eugenie, Juliette Binoche's Eugenie is a chef. And through the course of the movie, it turns out that she's sick. And then there's always been feelings between her and Dodin. And eventually they decide to marry after he makes her this meal. And then the rest of the movie happens. And... It is very, very slow and very, very sumptuous and really, really tries to dig into this feeling. It's very romantic the way that each of them create food as a way to connect with the other. And all of the scenes of people cooking are exquisite. Apparently, apparently, all of the cooking happened for real. And you can 100% tell that. Like, none of it looks fake. All of it looks delicious. No matter how you come away from this film, you're going to be hungry at the end. Um, uh, where to go next? So uh, I think that Juliette Binoche is one of the great actors of our time. I think that she is wonderful in this movie. I think she connects with something at a, at a real deep level in terms of the way her character and she delivers lines about food and about cooking. Um, I think that uh, Benoit, how do you pronounce his name? Is it, I think the guy playing Dodon, 
Uh, yeah, Megamel. Um, I think he connects with some interesting things as well. I think I think that the the sort of soft flame between them is really interesting. Like it's really interesting to me that they are playing these people who have been in love for so long but never acted on it when, or not never acted on it but never like solidified it in a way where the, in real life they were partners. They did live together. They do have a child. It, it it's, it's a real authenticity to their connection and the film is gorgeously shot um all of the all the photography is amazing and there's a couple of really great performances and a lot of really great scenes one of my favorite scenes is really early in the movie where a young girl who's like apprenticing in the kitchen is given a taste of baked alaska for the first time and the way her face just lights up uh and the way that people react to that happening to her is just wonderful um and and again just to reiterate all of the scenes of food being cooked are incredible. Like it is food porn to the highest degree. I can never watch this movie again though. And I'm going to tell you why it's very specifically a me problem. And that is because I have a thing, which some of you are probably aware of called misophonia, which is a condition where certain sounds cause you agitation would be the polite way to put it. Um, uh, I prefer to describe it the way it makes me feel when I hear some of these sounds is I feel like actual legitimate physical discomfort when I hear them. And the trigger sounds for me are almost entirely eating sounds, but in particular, they are open mouth chewing and they are the sound a fork makes when it's dragged between teeth as somebody pulls food off of it. And this, and in this film, anytime people are eating, which is a lot, it happens a lot those two things are happening and there is no backing music. There's nothing to obscure them. And people are constantly doing those two things and scraping their utensils around plates, which is another one. Like every single like trigger sound for me is in this movie. And it took me a lot of willpower to get through it and I can never watch it again. So I don't know that I can accurately or unbiasedly, I mean, no art, no opinion about art is unbiased, but I don't know that I could like legitimately evaluate this film because I, for every scene where I was like, that is beautiful. That is lovely. That is wonderful and romantic. There was another scene where I was like, I want to punch my television into space. <laughs> um, I can't imagine it, how you got through this movie, like, because it's all that. <laughs> it's all that. Oh, yeah. I was watching it alone at night, and my wife came out, and she's like, how's the movie? Because she didn't get a chance to watch it with me, and I'm like, people keep fork dragging, which is what I call it. Because <laughs> she does that sometimes, and I, like, call her out on it. And she's like, oh, no, really? And I'm like, all the time. All they're doing is fork dragging. <laughs> like, and, like, I legitimately, I had to watch this film in three goes, and uh, it took a lot for me to get through it, because it just, like, it just set me off in a way that I cannot, in a way that I like, if I had seen this in a cinema, I might've had to walk out. I might've had to walk out if mm. I'd seen it. in a situation where I couldn't stop. I don't think but I would have gotten through some it. Some kind of exposure therapy. Maybe you're cured. No. Maybe that one scene where they eat the little baby bird under napkins, get cured you or killed you instantly. No, no, this is not a thing that goes away. Believe me, I have tried. <laughs> I don't like it. Lots of people chew with their mouth open. I can't stand it. And I've existed in public spaces 
as you have most of my life. And like, I, it, ooh, I can't, ooh. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, I do and, love the idea. And, that- and, a, and a lot of the time, like I'm able, I'm able to manage this. Like if I'm out at dinner with like a group of friends, I can sort of grin and bear it. But there's often, here's the thing in that situation or someone else, when I, I mentioned this to a friend of ours today, about how much trouble I was having with the film. And they said like, well, how did you get through the menu? And the answer is that like, there was other stuff going on. There's music, there's background noise, there's people talking. And this film is just like close-ups on people's faces as they drag forks between their teeth and chew with their mouth open. And I can't deal with it. Have you so, seen um, Delicatessen? Yes, I have. And did you manage to get through that? So yeah, a lot of open mouth, like cannibalistic. A lot of, yeah, I don't know. Like that movie does set me off a little bit as well, but that one also has a lot of like other stuff happening in it that makes it sort of worth sticking through. This movie is slow and deliberate and mostly that. So it, like, I am sure like this film is currently sitting with some ridiculous percentage on like, some very high percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. It's something like four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Um, like it is very, very, very well regarded. And I'm sure it's great, but I wouldn't know. Did you, <laughs> so, finish, it? Did you finish it in the end or not? Did no, I got, mo- I, got most, I got most of the way through. Uh, and then I looked up a synopsis of the last few minutes and... Um, I don't, it's such a weirdly specific situation that I've never quite been in before. I've watched, I love watching food movies. I think Big Night might be like certainly a top 20 film for me. For example, um, I cannot take the amount of, it's just this movie just is like 100% my triggers in particular. So to the point where I was considering just recusing myself from giving it a rating at all. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but I've been rambling for a while now, so why don't you tell me how you reacted to the slow-moving French drama? Well, I it didn't I didn't like it, and uh, I think I'm. It's weird because all the elements are there for me. I some of my first films that I studied in depth were slow-moving, vibey French dramas like A Bout de Souffle, and I love that kind of film. I love like meaningful, rich, deep movies that focus on one thing. I love French movies in general. Juliette Binoche is amazing as an actor. Um, I watch a lot of food-related programs, fiction, non-fiction, a lot of food. And I love food in general. Uh, I love well-shot things. And this, I came out of this as feeling completely cold. And the, I think because the, the main character is so distant, and I think the there's a certain pretentiousness to how this is shot that keeps me completely distanced from the food. I did not come out of this movie feeling hungry. I did not come out of this movie desiring the food that was in front of me. And I mean, this if you're going to make an analogy, this, move, this movie is like, it's not chopped, it's chef's table. Like, it's definitely like the hoity-toity version of, of food. Yeah, sure. I, I, like food is, there's a passion to food. I think they're connected. And... There is, like, f- the analogy here is food is love language. And um, on, the, on the flip side, when they actually 
when they actually get down to the character work to this this idea of this man realizing he's waited too long to do what he should have done to explore the love that's always been there um to when they're together i kind of wish i didn't know that they were together because you can see it in every single gaze between them there is so much more happening than this movie every time they look at each other it's it's quite incredible actually and and the the latter uh quarter of this movie is more character work and and i so i enjoyed it a bit more but i actually think the I think there was a pretentiousness to this movie that just removed me completely. And um, it didn't it didn't make me feel hungry. It didn't inspire passion and food for me. It didn't inspire the things. I know it's a very, very different movie. You mentioned the menu. The food in the menu made me want to claw my way through the screen and eat what whatever I could get my hands on. And, and the... The menu is, is is meant to have some pretentiousness there, but the way it shoots its movie is just so incredibly evocative. And I just felt utterly distanced by everything that uh, was presented in front of me. I I I didn't feel the, I didn't feel passion for any of it. And so it it didn't work for me, but I based on lots of people's opinions on Letterboxd, I think I'm in the minority, but I just can't I I didn't think it was particularly well shot. Sorry. Um, oh, I thought I thought a lot of the food photography in particular was gorgeous. There's a couple um, of shots where the, the sunlight behind, like the steam coming off the consomme, the sun coming through, giving the god rays. That's beautiful. Um, I really liked actually the girl who played Violet. I thought she was a really interesting character mm-hmm. and portrayed very very well. And so that's the stupid thing. I think the human, the character element was good but really if you pardon the pun a little underbaked i think Mm. the filmmaker was so uh i think the focus on taking so much time to show every stage of preparation for the food instead of getting to the root of what the food is in the movie and getting us to the characters a bit more i think would have worked a bit better for me but it just left me cold unfortunately yeah i would say that the the opening like 15 minutes, which is just almost entirely Juliette Binoche cooking, I think accomplishes what you're talking about. And there is a scene in the middle where Dodon makes a meal for her that I think sort of goes the other way. Like it, it shows, it shows a lot of him making food, but not a lot of him like of the, like, why he's doing it, exactly. Like, the emotion doesn't come through as well from him as it does from her. Like, the food seems to flow from her when she's in the scenes in the kitchen. And maybe it's just that she's a chef and he's not. But in the scenes where he's cooking, it feels a bit mechanical. And it doesn't work quite as well. Um, But I don't know, like... It's also quite romantic. That's, you know, it's just... I, I... I'm not the right person to be talking about this movie is what it boils down to. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no, there's no way I could just, I can, I can get, I just can't get past it. I can't get past it. it especially because I was watching it at night with headphones by myself. There was just oh, nothing, man. nothing to take away from it. And everything was amplified. And I, uh, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. So I, 
but I do think I liked it overall. I think I at least like the intent of it more than you seem to have liked the reception thereof. So I don't know. It sounds like to me like you're also landing on two stars for this one. Yeah, I was oscillating between two and three, but the, the more I talk about it and think about it, it's a two for me. Didn't didn't inspire passion. I mean, like so many other French movies have, and French movies about food have. Uh, I think it, it it missed for me. It missed what its target. Yeah, Great it's interesting. Idea. It's interesting to me because we do seem to be so much in the minority about it. Like, mm. uh, and you know, you even you mentioning that. Like, I think it was beautifully shot. If not, I think the direction was fine. And I think that like, you know, a film is an expression of a director's intent. And I do feel like this one maybe needed to be tightened up a little bit. Um, but he won best director at Cannes last year. Uh, and the movie was up for the Palm d'Or. Um, and like, I, I sort of look at it. uh, Yeah. And I sort of look at it and I think, you know, I sort of get why for the people in charge of choosing a movie for the Oscars would choose this over Anatomy of a Fall. I still think that's fucking crazy though. <laughs> like, cause Anatomy of a Fall is like one of the best movies of the year. And I know there's lots of people who would like, I, we have at least one mutual friend who like, I was a, I was out with a bunch of people during the film festival here in Vancouver. And I mentioned that like, I couldn't believe that they had chosen any film other than, Anatomy of a Fall, and two of them were like, no, no, we've seen the taste of things. Like, we get it. We get it. And so, like, people love this film. I just, I'm not one of them. So I'm going to give it three based on its, like, technical, like, on-paper merits, uh, and also because, like, I just can't. I can't give it only two based on my personal quirks, but I can't give it more than three because of my personal quirks. So (laughs) it's going to get a three. So there it is. Maybe a three with like an asterisk. Maybe I'll like do a special one with an asterisk being like, you know, this movie was made to torture Matthew. (laughs) It's a very small genre. I mean, it might be a single film genre, you know, because with the way that it, it, it did that. So I don't know, man, like everyone has their things. I can get through a movie that triggers my fear of heights. Like I think fall is a great movie and that movie makes my, Stomach jump into my throat every time, but like those, like different though. Fear, fear and repulsion are different things, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is like a repulsion. It is a like I, people don't really get when I. The only way I can explain it is that like there's certain sounds that when I hear them, and especially when I hear them repeatedly, cause me discomfort, like physical, like felt discomfort. Uh, and uh, this movie did that a lot, so yeah, super duper. Yeah, I want. I want to go. It does make me want to go and watch something like Amelie, which has another beautiful French ponderous movie, which has a big food element. But it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I think that's the the antidote I need for for watching this film. It makes me want to go watch Big Night, which I think again. No, I'm just going to reiterate. Know. I'm going to reiterate, Big Night is a is a, is a masterpiece, and I want to rewatch it. Why have I never heard of that? Big Night is an indie film that was made in the 90s. It stars Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci as immigrant brothers, immigrant Italian brothers who own a small restaurant, and they are going awesome. under, and they host one big dinner party to try and attract like an investor. And they make all of the best food they know how to make, 
and it is wonderful from start to finish. It has it has my vote for for maybe maybe the best food movie ever made, and also I think legitimately I think the best final scene in certainly in the conversation for like the best final scene in a movie that I've seen. Oh shit! Okay. I was going to say the thing that's made me starving recently is the first episode of The Bear. I can't wait to watch more of that. Yeah, The Bear. Season 3 comes out in June, I think. We're very much looking forward to that. Cuz you just you just wait, man. Like uh you just wait until you get to season season 2. There's yeah. My two favorite episodes of season 2 um to have some excellent food stuff in them. In in a show full of excellent food stuff. Yes. See, that's what I want. Good. Uh, have you got anything that you can talk about that you're watching in the next week? Anything that's not super secret? I know uh, I'm working through Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is excellent. So please go no. watch that if you have Prime. Anything you're watching? No, we also, we've seen all of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and it is great. Uh, you can check out, I just had a review published on Exclaim of the upcoming uh, miniseries Shogun, which I unfortunately, as a big fan, lifelong fan of the book, I liked but didn't love. Uh, and I go into pretty detail why that is. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Everything else that I have on the go, I think, is in barcode right now. So I'm going to err on the side of safety and not yes. talk about the things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's that's all I got going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you can... Uh, let's just wrap it up there, I guess, because... What else are we going to say about these two movies? Nothing. No, no. Um, so uh, if you if you like this show, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, feel free to get in touch. The best way to do that is on the socials uh, or just check out our website. We're on all the socials, um, or at least I am. It's Matthew AF on most of them, and we are Awesome Friday SDA on most of them, and Simon's not on them, so you can get in touch with them through me. Or you can go to our websites. Uh, the show is awesomefriday.ca. Uh, Simon is temporarypen.com, and my site is stretched.ca, and you can find all of our most recent work at all of those places. Uh, once again, we do have a, both Patreon and a Kofi, so if you want to support us on an ongoing basis, Join the Patreon. It is as little as two bucks a month Canadian, and for that amount, you get uh, a bonus episode every week. Um, again, this week we talked about you know, holes in our cinematic headcanon. Uh, what did we talk about last time? I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's a, it's an interesting conversation every week. I think it's much more free free form, much more flowing, and um, I think you'll find it interesting. If uh, so go do that. Plus then, you know, we get to keep making the show. The more of you subscribe, we get, the more we get to do this, and that's great. Yes, please. Yes, is it? Um, Why did we last, record? Yeah, last but not least, we are here in Vancouver in the unceded and uh, ancestral territory of the Musqueam and Tsleil-Waututh and Squamish nations. We will be back next week talking about uh, the forthcoming release of Avatar The Last Airbender in its live action form on Netflix and one other thing uh, which we'll reveal is on the day but if you're looking forward to Avatar come find us next week because that's what we're talking about and uh, last but not, I already said last but not least but last but not least thank you for joining us on this awesome Friday bye